1: What's up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Flippin' Bats. It is Monday, and it is the final regular season Monday episode. I can't believe it. The Mets and the Braves series was wild, and it ended in fiasco for the New York Mets. The Seattle Mariners are back in the playoffs for the first time in 21 years. And we finally got Shohei Otani paid. We will talk about that new one-year deal as well. Team of the season, player of the season, this episode's going to be a blast. Let's get to it.
0: It's a pull out. 8-inning,
2: 10-3. Faces are loaded for Verlander, who waits on a the real finish. He
0: swings, and it's a high-fly ball. Deep center field. It is gone. Home run.
1: And a huge backflip to celebrate. All right, Ben, start the show already. You know, Alex, it's hard to even hear myself say that, that it's the final regular season Monday episode. That's wild.
3: But what an epic final Regular season True. weekend, we got with the Mariners getting into the playoffs for the first time in 21 years. This Braves and Mets series was just mind blowing. Yeah. I was completely wrong about it, but it was just <laughs> there was so much excitement and so much happening.
1: I'm also really excited for this episode because every week this year on the Monday episode, I've been doing team of the week. Yeah. And the first of every month, I do team of the month. But this one, with it being the last Monday episode, team of the The season. I'm excited. I'm excited as well. That's going to be a fun one. But as you just mentioned, the Braves and Mets series was wild. The Atlanta Braves sweep the New York Mets out of Atlanta. The division is now in their grasp. The NL East is all but over. All the Atlanta Braves need to do is now win one game against the Marlins, and the division is theirs. They are now two games up. We went into that series with the Mets having a one-game lead in the division. The Braves sweep them out of town and now have a two-game lead this was a fiasco for the Mets when they had their rotation lined up perfectly exactly how they wanted it. They had DeGrom, they had Scherzer, they had Bassett, they had their big three lined up to go and it did not go well. So the Atlanta Braves have, look, I'm willing to say it, I'm willing to call it, the Atlanta Braves are going to win the NL East. So Let's take a look at what this updated playoff bracket now looks like with the Braves holding down the two seed. The winner of the NL East could not be understated. This was huge. You might think, okay, well, they're both in the playoffs. Like, is it really that important? With this new playoff structure, yes. Yes, it is. The two seed will get a bye in that first round. So as it sits now, the Atlanta Braves will have a bye. The New York Mets will be the four seed and will have to play the five seed in the wild card round. Okay, so they'll most likely be playing the Padres. Let's say the Mets go on to win that. This is why this loss in the series was so huge. Getting swept was so huge because it now puts them in that wild card round where guess what? They're going to have to throw DeGrom, they're going to have to throw Scherzer. Now you're going to have to use your best two bullets in that first round. So let's say they end up going on to win that series. Your reward is facing the Dodgers. And guess what you don't have? You don't have DeGrom and you don't have Scherzer for those first two games of the series. So this was a fiasco of a series for the Mets. They really just needed to win that Sunday game. It's never a good thing when you get that punch in the face. DeGrom and Scherzer game one and two and you lose. But they needed to win that Sunday game. If the Mets had won Sunday, they would have controlled their own destiny. They would have been tied in the division while holding the tiebreaker. But no, they lose. They're now two games back. They do not control their own destiny, and it does not look good. But imagine them winning Sunday, controlling your own destiny, heading in to a series against the Washington Nationals. Man, what a series What a disappointment for the Mets. What a great series for the Atlanta Braves. And we have to shout out Dansby Swanson here. Dansby Swanson homered in game one of the series Friday night against Jacob deGrom. He homered in game two against Max Scherzer, and he homered in game three against Chris Bassett. You throw out their three studs, and Dansby hits a homer off of all of them. And the Braves may well have not won or swept this series without him. So what What a mind-blowing, incredible series for the Braves.
3: If you're the Braves, you got to be riding so high right now. We've been saying it for months that their season was going to come down to this series. The series was going to determine who was going to take the NL East. Now, they not only now have the lead on a team that they've been looking up at, mm-hmm. the entire All season – Except for, like, a day or two. There was
1: one night, I think. Yeah,
3: one <laughs> night. But then they took down arguably two of the best pitchers, which I think everybody was convinced that's the reason the Mets would win with DeGrom and Scherzer. They not only took them down, they hit home runs off of them. They they won this. They swept this series. The champs looked like the champs. And that's good news for nobody except for them.
1: Who is Who is their offense fearing now? Think of the How? think of the confidence this yeah. gives you. There is nobody Mm-mm. that you will face in the playoffs on the National League side nope. that is going to be better than DeGrom and Scherzer. Their offense is riding on a high. Yeah. They fear nobody. They are ready. On the pitching side of things, there can still be some, oh, we have to face this team. We have to face the Dodgers. That's quite the offense. The the Braves offense isn't concerned about anybody right now, Mm-mm. and confidence in baseball. I talk about it a lot, and I talk about it with a lot of the guests we have. Confidence in baseball is is so vital. Oh yeah, because it's it's just baseball is such a mental game. Yep. When you're not on a high, you can be on a very low low. This Braves offense, because of sweeping the Mets and because of beating those two mm-hmm. horses that the Mets have, you're right. They're riding on a high, and the Braves just swept them on out of oh, town. Oh, yeah.
3: And you got to feel pretty good. Kenley Jansen had a couple of huge saves as well. Like, they, yep. you got to feel good at the plate late in games. I was wrong. Boy, was I Boy, wrong. Boy, you, was I, my pick to click was that the Mets <laughs> were going to take the series, they were going to win the NL East. I, I admit it, but like this is what you want to see. You want to see it in dramatic fashion and sweeping the team in front of you that you've been looking at and chasing at all season. It doesn't get much better than that.
1: More like a pick to stink (laughs) oh stop it but you mentioned Kenley Jansen I have to uh, I have to acknowledge Rysell Iglesias who is a mid-season pickup the trade deadline he he moves over to the Braves and in that eighth inning spot he has been thriving what a dominant guy he has been in that eighth inning in 24 and a third innings with the Atlanta Braves he has given up one run are you kidding me Remarkable, absolutely incredible. And this series as a whole for the Atlanta Braves was um this won them the NL East.
3: It mind changing for me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So congratulations to the Atlanta Braves for sweeping the Mets out of town in what was the biggest series of the season to date. No doubt about that. The Braves sweep, they win the series, and in my opinion, they just won the NL East. All right, from two teams that are definitely in the playoffs no matter what to a team that is finally back in the playoffs, the Seattle Mariners are going to the playoffs for the first time in over 21 years. And they did it in dramatic fashion. Cal Raleigh the other night hits a dramatic walk-off home run to send the Mariners to the playoffs, it was, just as a fan of baseball, a really, really cool moment. The emotion, the passion, the crowd. Dave Sims, who calls the games for the Mariners, doing the play-by-play, he got into it. That guy is incredible. It was just a moment that um, everybody in Seattle, Seattle fans have been waiting for for a long, long time. The Seattle Mariners' playoff drought was old enough to drink legally. And that's how you know it was time for the playoffs (laughs) to make the playoffs. They needed that to happen. And it did. It is finally happening. I called it at the beginning of this year. One of the things I said in the AL preview show was that the longest playoff drought in the four major American sports would come to an end. And it did. And they did it in dramatic fashion. I am so pumped up. So pumped up for these Mariners, and to do it the way they did um, was really cool. To see the team dance on the field, to see the raw emotion from the players, to see the raw emotion from Scott's service down on the field, this is what it's all about, in my opinion. The crowd stayed packed for an hour after the game. The players celebrated this with the city, with the fans. What you see a lot of times from teams that are used to getting into the playoffs is they get excited, they go down into the locker room and they celebrate amongst themselves and do a speech and all the champagne pops. That wasn't the case here. They stayed out on the field. Scott Service gave a speech to the crowd. The the players themselves were dancing around the field, running around the field, high-fiving fans all around. Everybody was going crazy. And that was why this moment was so special and I stayed up I watched the end of that game I watched the walk-off one the Mariners were on the doorstep of making the playoffs we knew they were going to get in it was just a matter of when over the last week or so it became a matter of when and how is it going to happen when the game was tied heading to the bottom of the ninth inning and Cal Raleigh came up and hit that ball down the line there was no doubt in my mind that that ball was going to stay fair and that the Mariners were going to end their playoff drought. They were going to walk off their longest playoff drought in American sports.
3: It was one of the more magical moments. I think that we have watched and witnessed in baseball this year. I mean, obviously the the history we've seen mm-hmm. with Albert pool's home run and Aaron judge home run, but 21 years 21 years where fans were not able to celebrate and be a part of a postseason, this video right here really shows you every single person in that stadium is jumping up and down. I'm getting chills right now just talking about it. They are crying they are smiling it's moments like these that you you remember how important franchises are and these teams are to a city especially if you've grown up with them and you, you've been a part of them I mean this is something where a parent and a child are experiencing this together for yeah. the first time yeah. which is also crazy when you talk about 21 years the longest playoff drought in sports American sports history like this was such a huge Magical moment and it's just the beginning. It's it's just the beginning. Okay, this was them. Now they're in the postseason. Now they yeah. need to do something about it. But seeing every perspective from the players dancing in that big circle on the field so cool. to the crowd losing their mind like they just played. That and video, they just won. We
1: just showed, but every single picture Everyone. you can even see, if you zoom in, yes. it's just jubilation everywhere you look. And it's there incredible. Should be. Yeah.
3: There should be. They deserved. Every minute of this moment, every second of this moment, and I hope everyone that was there remembers it, and it just becomes – that's something you're going to remember forever.
1: Where were you when the drought ended? Yeah. That will be a talking point forever. And the guy that caught – the walk-off home run that ended the drought. Yeah, they brought him down on the field. Yes, and he's, there he is. He celebrated <laughs> with the team down on the field, and that was his first ever Major League Baseball game. No, I mean you have a fan for life. Oh you yeah, know? like that's what it's all about. So wow. Um, as I mentioned earlier, this the the drought was old enough to drink uh-huh. legally, which is wild. But some other fun facts here. Um, there were 5,273 Blockbuster video locations in operation the last time the Mariners made the playoffs.
3: <laughs> I remember Blockbuster. Do you? I do. Okay. Yeah.
1: And, and I believe the last one, which was just like an honorary one, closed yeah. down like last year. So there are now zero. Um, Julio Rodriguez was eight months old yep. the last time they were in the playoffs. Uh, in 2001, Ichiro was a rookie. Um, now they're led by who It's kind of yeah. cool there. And, um, last time the Mariners made the playoffs, Albert Pujols, when the year started, didn't have a single home run. (laughs) Whoa. It was his rookie year. So, uh, 700 home, 702 home runs later, the Mariners have ended the drought. They did it. So congratulations to the 2022 Seattle Mariners for ending the long awaited drought. This team is talented. They are good enough to win in the playoffs. They match up well with teams, but for right now, congratulations just for making it, for ending the drought. A really, really cool story this year. And uh, people will remember this one for a long time. Um, you know, some uh, some other congratulations are in store, though. Okay. Um, Shohei Otani. Oh, yeah. Congratulations to Shohei Otani inking the one-year $30 million deal, which going to explain all of this to you real quick because it can get confusing in baseball when you start talking about like well wait a second why was it one year shohei otani's one-year deal for 30 million dollars is basically just avoiding arbitration now arbitration is it comes along in baseball before you're a free agent when you're just trying to figure out numbers and avoid going to arbitration and battling it out in court and figuring out how how much money somebody's going to make they got that done out of the way Early. So Shohei Otani will make $30 million next year, an increase of five from $5.5 million this year, which is the largest increase in salary year over year in history. $5.5 million and gets a record increase for arbitration eligible players. The $30 million is the highest salary in history for arbitration-eligible players passing Mookie Betts from a few years ago coming off of his unbelievable uh, season with the Red Sox. So really cool, really special moment, and he'd this goes almost without saying, this was needed. Shohei Ohtani making $5.5 million in a year is almost criminal for how much he was doing for that team, how much he was doing for that organization um, so the previous record jump in salary was from Jacob Degrom, nine point six million dollars. Um, this is quite this is quite the jump up, and he absolutely deserves it. So good for Shohei. Now a couple important things here: he is still a free agent after the 2023 season. This doesn't have anything to do with that. Basically. What this does is just avoid... You know, normally in the offseason it comes right before spring training. You hear, so-and-so settled with his team and will make this amount of money in his arbitration year. The Angels just got this out of the way with Shohei early. So good for both sides here. The Angels knew what they wanted. They paid Shohei for the year, and both sides agreed on this. But this is by no means Shohei locking it up with the Angels for years to come. He still will be a free agent and will make... More than 30 million dollars a year, but this is great news for Shohei when it comes to next year.
3: Yeah, and honestly, you could have given me any number, and I would have said he deserves it. Mm-hmm. Anything higher because top five, he is still top five salaries next season, he's still at number 16 yeah. for the entire league. And he has two teammates in the top five you have Max Scherzer's first, Anthony Rendon. Is second getting 38.6 million. Mike Trout is third at 37.1 million. Wow. Then Garrett Cole and Corey Seeger. And Otani is at 16 with 30 million. And he is arguably the best player in the league. And he will be 16th paid best player with two teammates above him. But he's getting paid, which is what matters because he deserves that. But there's also a lot of uncertainty with this franchise next year. Artie Moreno mentioned that he is looking to sell the team. So what's the next owner's vision going to be? Is it going to align with Shohei Otani after next season when he becomes a free agent? And I know this is not something Angel fans want to hear and talk about, but how likely do you see him getting traded?
1: Yeah, you know, I think what this deal does is just buy everybody some time. This was the angels saying, which obviously they should be saying, You're our guy. We believe in you. We want to pay you. And, you know, we want to prove to you that we are ready to win. It buys them time and it buys Shohei's side time. You know, it's, it's okay. I need, I need to see a commitment to win and I need to see that now. And Shohei has been vocal about that. He said, I, I want to win. And if that is with the Angels, great, fantastic. That's plan 1A. If it's not with the Angel and his Angels and if they can't show a commitment to winning in the next couple of years and now the next year, well, maybe something's going to happen. So what this does is just buy them time. It buys everybody time. He has his deal. He's going to get paid. Now the Angels need to go out and show a commitment and a, a willingness to change because – going out and paying one of the better players in baseball in his young 30s the most money in the world for 10 years isn't the recipe we've seen that that's not the recipe so what is the recipe we don't know but they have to show it so as you said alex artie marino has said he's looking to sell the team is that going to happen how does that look? Who is going to be the new owner? Who does the new owner hire? What players do they look to bring in? These are all questions over the next year that have to be figured out, or you are in danger of losing the most talented baseball player in history. That still could happen. Things could happen. This isn't a lockup for the future. In my opinion, this is just, okay, hey, this is kind of a an in good graces deal. Mm-hmm. Like, We're not going to take you to court. We're not going to do the whole court arbitration thing. This is a, hey, we're willing to get this done very early. We know what we want to pay you. Let's agree on this deal for one year and then go from there. And who knows, potentially look to lock him up long term or look to trade or whatever it may be. This just buys time and the Angels are doing the right thing. And in good grace is just paying him ahead of when the deadline is months from now.
3: Yeah, I think the most important thing for Otani should be, how do I get to the postseason? Because the most disappointing thing for baseball fans right now is that we're not going to get to see one of the best players in the game play late into October and into November. He should be playing right now. We should be seeing the best players in the game, along with Mike Trout, who hasn't really, I mean, he's played three playoff games and got swept. So the Angels need to figure it out. They need to figure out if they can build around him and help Build a winning culture, franchise, yeah. everything. They have two of the top five most like highest paid players next season, and they're not in the postseason. That mm-hmm. can't happen. I just
1: thought of a question for you. Okay. And it's kind of putting you on the spot because I don't even know the answer. Okay. Here. But you're a you're an Angels fan and worked there for years. A decade. And know a lot of these guys. So I have a hypothetical question for okay. you. Okay. You, as an Angels fan, yeah. let's say that. The Angels aren't going to make the playoffs for the next decade. Let's just throw that out there. Would you rather have Mike Trout and Shohei Otani on your team for that time, or would you rather them go elsewhere and you get to see them win?
3: If they're not going to be in the postseason for 10 years, yeah. No, they deserve to win. As a baseball fan and a fan of the game, these are two of the top players in the league. They deserve to be playing in the postseason. I I, I think it's a – just it's really bad and really sad if we don't get to see both of them play in the postseason. that's
1: that's obviously the standpoint I come from as I'm not a I'm not a diehard angels fan I'm a fan of the game of baseball and I want more than anything more than anything might be a stretch I I want and need Mike Trout and Shohei Otani in the playoffs and if it's with the angels great yeah if it's not, and they're not going to show a commitment or maybe it's not even a commitment, because I don't think it's fair to say that they haven't shown a commitment to winning. They just haven't done it right. And actually have it's the way they've gone about it. It has been detrimental to the organization in the long run. So they need to show a commitment to winning and a better ability to be able to win in the future. And I'm hopeful that, uh, they can be a part of it and go to the playoffs. And if not, uh, as a baseball fan, I want to see them there. And and if it's elsewhere, so be it. The the baseball world needs to see them on the biggest stage in the playoffs and winning games. And they're two of the best to ever do it. And uh to, to be two of the best to ever do it and to miss out on the playoffs time and time again just doesn't sit right with me.
3: No, I'm one hundred percent with you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um I'll tell you where they will not be. Where? In my power rankings this Oof. week okay
3: um, yeah unfortunately but okay. it's because
1: of what we said you know they haven't done it the right way nope. so they're not here in the top 10 in fact they're not even close to the top 10 Oof. but it is time for the last for the last time of the 2022 regular season my updated top 10 major league baseball power rankings let's start at number 10 number 10 I have the San Diego Padres. The Padres are back in the power rankings after being out for a couple of weeks. They were in, then out, and then not playing well and looking like they could miss the playoffs. Well, guess what? The Padres are in the playoffs. They are making it. They are there. And in fact, they are playing pretty good baseball right now. Blake Snell, Hugh Darvish at the top of that rotation, looking really good. Juan Soto's heating up at the plate. So the Padres are good, and they are back in the top 10 and in the playoffs, 87-72. and Congratulations for the Padres for making the playoffs. Let's move on to number nine on my list. At number nine, the Cleveland Guardians. Guardians are 90-69. and Now, they have dropped down a tick from where they were last week. Uh, This is less about how they've played and more about how other teams have played. The Guardians are uh, one of the most surprising exciting teams of the year the youngest team in all of baseball to reach that 90 win mark this year to win the al central to get into the playoffs has just been um wildly exceeded expectations of where they were supposed to be this year and those are always great stories they're still playing well um, but at this point every team in the top 10 is a playoff team and playing well so uh, the You know, where, where you put one or the other is a matter of who I believe in more in the playoffs, really. And uh, the Guardians come in at number nine on that list. Let's move on to number eight. Number eight on this week's power rankings, the Seattle Mariners. The Mariners, 87 and 71. They've won a couple of games in a row heading into the new week. Uh, they are in the playoffs. They have ended the longest playoff drought in American sports which is unbelievable. I just think, look, their playoff drought was old enough to drink. That says all you need to know. It no longer can. They're in the playoffs. It is a heartwarming story for all baseball fans. There aren't many people out there that see the Mariners in the playoffs and think, oh, no, no, not the Mariners. You watch Cal Raleigh hit that walk-off. You watch the crowd. You watch the players. You watch the emotion. And you just get all wrapped up in it and become a fan and want them to do well. The Mariners are a good team and they match up well with a lot of teams on the American league side. So they are no slouch and they are not satisfied with just getting in to the playoffs. Let's move on to number seven, number seven, the Toronto blue Jays, the blue Jays can hit the blue Jays are 90 and 69 and they rake. Now, A lot of their problems come on the pitching side of things. But you look in a shortened playoff series, and if you can throw out there Alec Manoa and Kevin Gosman, well, that is pretty good. And that is what they are able to do. Now, bridging the gap to their dominant closer, Jordan Romano, that can be tricky. But offensively, great. Top end of the rotation, really good. Closer, really good. They have the pieces. It's just going to be a matter of how much can you rely on starters to go out there and get you innings in the playoffs when that's not typically something that happens. Typically what we start seeing in October is that panic button starting to get pushed. Relievers coming in in the third or fourth inning. The Blue Jays cannot afford to play that game. They need their guys to go six, seven innings minimum. And I don't know how likely that is throughout the whole stretch run of October, but if their offense is hot, They can outscore most anybody. They come in at number seven. Let's move on to number six in this week's power rankings, the St. Louis Cardinals, 92-67, and winners of the NL Central. What a great story this is. Uh, I've said this a couple times now. Are they the most dangerous team on paper in the playoffs? No, but do not get in the way of magic. And there is magic happening in St. Louis these days. We saw it with Albert Pujols in his last home game in Seattle. You have the farewell tour. You have the two MVP caliber guys on your team. You have Jordan Montgomery coming over from New York and being a stud. Who who saw that coming? Um, now, is he going to be that guy in the playoffs? That's a different ball game. But again, don't mess with magic. And the Cardinals have some of that going on right now on top of being A really solid baseball team so they come in at number six moving on to number five number five is the new york yankees 97 and 61 what a year for the yankees what a roller coaster of a year for the yankees one of the greatest teams of all time for a while then one of the worst yankees teams for the last 30 years for a little while and then they turned it back on and have showed why they are and deserve to be the AL East champions in a division that turned out to be really good, aside from whatever happened to the Red Sox. But you had the Orioles above 500, the Rays are always good, the Blue Jays were good this year. So in a really good division, there was never a question all year long of who was going to win it. The Yankees dominated from the word go and are uh, a buy in the playoffs, the number two seed, and sitting pretty as we speak. So the Yankees come in at number five. Let's move on to number four. For the first time in a couple of weeks, we have a little shift in the power rankings. The New York Mets coming in at 98 and 60. They lose the series to the Atlanta Braves. They have been neck and neck for months in the power rankings. I mean, really close. All it took was the Braves winning that series at home against the Mets to finally pass them. The Mets are the real deal. This Mets team is really good. You don't want to face them in the playoffs. The Mets are built to win in the playoffs. That's what their team is built for. You, you got DeGrom. You got Scherzer. You have Chris Bassett, who's really good as well. And then you have problems when you have to face those guys. And they can put up enough runs to win ball games as well. So the Mets come in at number four. They are one of the game's elites and one of the teams that I believe has a true shot at winning the World Series. Let's move on to number three. Number three, the team I was just talking about, they finally hopped them, the Atlanta Braves, 99-59. and The Braves win that series against the Mets. What a huge series that was. Everything this year seemed to be leading up to that series. We had been talking about it for months. They needed to win the series. They did win the series, and they proved that they can beat the Mets, and they proved that they can finally jump ahead of them in my power rankings, in which they did. Dansby Swanson was a hero in that series. Hit a home run in every single game of the series. Unbelievable. Jacob DeGrom, Max Scherzer, Chris Bassett, no problem for Dansby Swanson. What a stud. The Braves are here at number three. Let's move on to number two. Number two, the Houston Astros. The Astros have the best pitching from top to closer in all of baseball, and it is by far the most underrated. Don't talk about it enough. The rotation led by Justin Verlander has been incredible. Framber Valdez all year long, really good. Lance McCullers, really good. Luis Garcia, Jose Arquiti, they've all been great. The bullpen has been the best bullpen in all of baseball, all year long for the most part. Middle of the pack last year, tops in all of baseball this year. Uh, their pitching is great, and they're hitting. Well, they know how to hit in October. They will be a force to be reckoned with, as they always are in October. That leaves the number one spot, as it has been for a long time now, the Los Angeles Dodgers. What a year they have put together. One of the greatest seasons, one of the greatest regular seasons of all time. They will finish as a top five wins team in history, which is incredible to even say, and they do it all under the radar. I really feel like not enough people are get, uh, imagine if the Yankees were sitting right now at 110 wins on the doorstep of you know top five of all time in wins. It'd be a different conversation. But um, I don't think they get the love they deserve. Maybe it's that West Coast bias that John Heyman spoke of. I don't know. His words. I, I don't see it. I think it's an East Coast bias thing. But hey, it is what it is. The Dodgers are the best team in baseball. They have put together one of the greatest regular seasons of all time. But I will say this, regular season success means nothing if you don't get it done in the playoffs. And I've been saying this all year long. Dave Roberts goes out early in the year and says, we're winning the World Series. Then they put together the best regular season we've seen in a long time. You have to win this World Series. It's World Series or bust for this Los Angeles Dodgers team. And they certainly have the ability to do it. Can they do it? Well, we will see over the next couple of weeks. But they round out this week's top 10 Major League Baseball power rankings. All right, I am joined now by producer Taylor up here with Alex and I for the 2022 Flipping Bats playoff bracket, whatever you want to call it. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to draft teams. The three of us are each going to draft the team of every team that's going to make the playoffs. Now, the last spot, Phillies Brewers right now. We don't know which one it is, so that will be one pick in itself. But for every win that your team gets in the playoffs, you get a point. So there is some strategy here with some teams playing in the first round, other teams not. I'm sure we'll all get into that. So for draft order, it was very, very precise and scientific. (laughs) I asked each of them. I asked Alex first. What word I was thinking of? She couldn't get it, so I got the first round pick. Then I asked Taylor what word I was thinking of. He couldn't get it either, so I just said, dude, you're last. The word was cornucopia. Neither of you got it, so I got the first overall pick. So over here on the board, we have it all lined up, a snake-style draft. I will get the first team, Alex gets the second team, Taylor gets the third and fourth, and so on. Are you guys ready?
3: I mean, take it away. Yeah. This Level is going one. to be
1: fun. So, again, just to reiterate, you pick whoever team you want. One win equals one point for you. So, with my first overall pick in the 2022 playoff wins draft, I am going to take the Houston Astros. Now, my reasoning here, the Astros are on the American League side of things. I feel like there is a little less – I feel like they have a better path to the World Series than on the National League side of things. So I went Houston Astros with my first overall pick.
3: All right. Well, with my second pick, second overall pick, my first pick, I'm going with my hometown team, the LA Dodgers. Mm. Why? Because they're the best team in baseball. Also why? Because I love them and I want them to win the World Series. <laughs> and that's it. That's why.
1: Thinking with your heart. I am. Picking with shocker. your heart.
3: That's how I do drafts.
1: It's a straight That's shot. how
3: I do drafts.
2: Uh, for my first pick, yeah. third overall, we're gonna go with the Mets. Okay. Best team, in my opinion, built for the postseason Scherzer, DeGrom, Diaz. Uh, that's all you really need to know. And then obviously, I'm up next again.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Let me just throw out a couple names for you. Yeah. That's it, done. i oh, next again, Got staying it. in
2: the NL East. We're going Braves. Uh, I gotta take the best two teams in the NL.
1: So, bold take here. You went not only with two teams yeah. in the National League, two teams yeah. in the same division.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, strategy? You know strategy yeah, yeah, yeah. But those are the two teams I think can win the World Series the best out of what's left.
1: Okay. I
3: was a little bummed you took both. I'm going to be honest here. I was know,
1: like, we all hey, can't you take the Astros. Like, okay,
3: fine. It's fine, it's fine. It's cool. You get two picks.
1: All right, Alex, you are back up. It's your with time pick to shine. Okay, I know. Five. I'm just
3: telling you what I was feeling yeah. after you did that. Well, no pressure. Number five, I'm going to take the Yankees because they were, I believe, the next best team on the board. They're heating up at the right time. Aaron Judge is out of control, but not just him. The rest of the offense. I don't know. I, I would. I would love to see uh, know, Yankees, Dodgers, World Series. The girl can dream. Girl can dream.
1: Okay. <laughs> All right. On to my next pick. Pick number six in our draft. I'm going with the St. Louis Cardinals. Ooh. Now here's some reasoning for you. Okay. The Cardinals. They won the division, they're playing good, Mm -hmm. there's some magic involved in their season in my opinion, but they will be playing in that first round, whereas a lot of these teams off the board, the Astros, the Dodgers, and one of the two of the Mets and Braves, and the Yankees, Mm -hmm. they will all have a bye in that first round. Yep. The Cardinals will be playing in that first round, a good time to accrue some points for me early with my second round pick, so I'm going Cardinals with my sixth pick. Any qualms about that one? No, great choice. Thank you. I Thank believe you. in you. All right, let's move on to number seven. I like this one a lot. I like my pick number seven a lot. I went with the Seattle Mariners. Oh, my now team. hear me out. The Mariners match up well, yep. in my opinion, with everybody in the American League except for the Houston Astros. I believe they can win that wild card round.
3: Okay.
1: I believe they can win that next round as well if they are – Now, this is where it gets tricky. If they're not going to be the sixth seed, if they're the five or the four, they run into the Astros in that second round. So for my draft, I would much prefer the Mariners to be the sixth seed heading into the playoffs. Then they can beat the Yankees, in my opinion. They match up well with the Yankees. Um, So a lot of strategery going on in my head here. Um, So I went Cardinals, Mariners with back-to-back picks here.
3: Yep, okay, because each of you get back-to-back It's looking
1: to back good. Takes. It's looking good.
3: All right, well, with my eighth, I went with the Toronto Blue Jays. Mm-hmm. Now, this is my first team that will be in the wild card round because my first two teams. I'm, I'm missing a lot of points here. So that this was my first opportunity to get in some points. Your
1: first opportunity to get mm-hmm. points is going to come from your third round. Sounds like a drafting problem. But this is also
3: <laughs> the other strategy. I have two teams. That could go a lot further than your other team, so I'd be getting more points Allegedly. later on in the draft.
1: Do you think the New York Yankees make it to the World Series? Mm. Put them on the spot. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yes. You do? I do. Okay. Yeah, I okay. do. Okay.
2: Well, yeah, right.
3: That's it. You guys, I only get one. You can get back yeah, to so no, that, turn. Yeah.
2: It's my turn. It's okay. fine. I'll just, you know, go again. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm going to go with the Guardians with the ninth pick. I Okay, wow, that hurt. <laughs> I have feelings too. Uh, of the teams left, I think they have. Obviously, they're in the AL. It's a much easier path, and their pitching staff, to me, is is the best of what's left. And then, mm, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know. You had to. We're gonna go with the uh, Padres. Mm. Mm. You know. Mm. Yeah, I'm not too excited about yeah, it.
1: Yeah, that's tough. I don't know if this. Uh, I think this is a little off down here. The numbers? So I, I'm gonna yeah. go with my with my last pick. So you went Padres yeah, yeah, yeah. here. Yeah. So that should be here in yeah. ten. But I believe Taylor's up. Yes. Yeah. So because snake. It's okay. snakes.
3: Yeah. So it is.
1: Okay. So yeah, it is correct. It's yeah. just it's just a typo there. Yeah, so you yeah. went I got Padres.
2: It. I, I picked. It. I went Padres. They're my team, as everyone knows. Uh-huh. Um, mm. Again, uh, tough. Uh, I know you guys are going to ridicule me, but if the pitching gets hot, you're telling me that Darvish and Snell, there's a possibility, there's a possibility they win that wild card game, uh, series, excuse me, and they have a chance to move on,
1: but... I have a question. Please. So the Padres have to play in that first round, correct? Yeah. So Blake Snell and you, Darvish, are both going to throw in that round. Yeah. So if... They happen to beat either the Braves or the Mets. Mm. They will go on to face the Dodgers yeah. without either Blake Snell or Yu <laughs> Darvish throwing in the first couple of games. Yeah,
3: brutal.
1: Was there a question there? or? Uh, reminder. The question. The question should be <laughs> setting in. Internally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know what the question is. <laughs> yeah, was. yeah. It's not. Yeah,
2: you know. But I, you know, we're going with the team.
1: Okay. Know. Okay. Right. Great. Mm. Wow! And look they, at yeah. they—they fixed it wow. on the fly. Yeah, you got time. This. Woo! Okay. Ta- I'm gonna be
2: honest. Talk to me, Alex.
3: Taylor, I was, I was eyeing him. I was, I was gonna pick no, him. You I, I had him in my queue! <laughs> no, you were. I had him in my queue! Don't lie I did. to me. No. I'm not lying to you.
2: All right, Dodgers. You—you
3: picked two of my cues. All right. But that's how that's how drafts work. You know, oh. you get your hopes up. You can't get them up too much. I, I don't. I'm not saying this. I don't want to put down uh, my next team, but I had two left to choose from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I took Tampa Bay Rays. Okay. Mm. Um, and that's what we're going with.
1: Not much Shit. on them there.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I had two, I had two options left. Yeah. And that's and that's what I went with. And
1: uh, so that leaves me yeah, with ben, you got left with so. even less options. You got left. Yeah, no, is,
3: you get. I mean, you get two for one. Which yeah. is which
1: is what happens when yeah. you get the mm. first overall pick. Is yep. you're left with yep. the, the slim pickings. Yep. It's like the Tough. it's like the it's like I have the last pick in PE in elementary school, and I'm stuck with Taylor to be on my dodgeball team. <laughs> I don't want that. Um, So with my last pick, I went with Taylor, the dodgeball player, Uh, the Milwaukee Brewers slash Philadelphia Phillies, whoever ends up being Mm. that final seed on the National League side of things is my pick. So, um, yeah, let's look at these teams. Uh, I, I really like my team. I like Alex's team. Yeah. Oh,
3: so you're in order. I like my team. Then your team,
2: then and this We're all in Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, let's be honest. I probably got the worst team. But you know what? All it takes is one team to win the ship, you know?
1: All right, so this is going to be fun. We'll it keep is. an eye on this. We'll keep everybody up to date on what is happening. One point for every playoff win. So Astros, Dodgers, Alex and I's first pick, neither of those will be able to get points in the first round of the playoffs. Yep. But we're banking on the long game. Yep. Uh, and one of Taylor's teams, either the – Mets or the Braves will be able to get points in that first round. So this will be exciting. We will keep you all in. um, We'll keep you up to date on on what's happening with the the updated standings. So uh, be on the lookout for the Flippin' Bats 2022 Playoff Wins draft updates. All right. Now, with it being the last Monday episode of the regular season, normally this is time for Team of the Week. First of the month team of the month. But no, no, no. Not today. It is time for the Flippin Bats team of the season. Position by position, picking the best player from 2022 at each spot. Let's get to it and start at the catcher position with JT Realmuto. What an unbelievable year. 275, 21 homers, 83 RBIs. The only catcher in history besides friend of the pod, Yvonne Rodriguez, to have 20 home runs and 20 stolen bases in a season. Just him and one of the all-time greats, Yvonne Pudge Rodriguez. 20 homers, 20 stolen bases in a season. Pretty cool there. Let's move on to first base. My first baseman on team of the season, Paul Goldschmidt. Paul Goldschmidt very well could be and probably is well on his way to winning his first national league MVP award. He has been on the doorstep multiple times. I believe it is his time to get it done. He's my first baseman on team of the season, and I believe he is going to be the MVP this year. 318, 35 homers, 114 RBIs, 105 runs scored, a remarkable year, and a big reason why the Cardinals are where they are. Let's move on to second base. My second baseman, Jose Altuve, 295, 28 home runs, 101 runs scored, 12 home runs this year leading off the game, which is by far the most in baseball. Nobody else has over 10. He had 12 leadoff home runs this year. That is what he does best. He swings early, he swings often, and often it is a home run. You can't afford to lay that first pitch of the game down the middle because – he's going to be swinging. What a great year for Jose Altuve. Let's move on to third base. My third baseman, Manny Machado. This was tough. There are a lot of good third basemen playing baseball. Jose Ramirez, Nolan Arenado, Austin Riley. I went with Manny Machado. A big reason for this? Yes, his stats are really good. 296, 32 home runs, 101 RBIs. But a big key factor here, which put Manny Machado over the top for me, the Padres aren't in the playoffs this year without him. In fact, for a while, he put the entire team, the entire offense on his back and propelled them to victory after victory. With what happened with Fernando Tatis in the offseason, not playing for the first half of the year, then right around the time he's ready to come back, We all know what happened. He pops for steroids. He's out for the rest of the year. This team, at least the offense, it was Manny Machado until the new guys come along and bolster up that entire lineup. But Manny Machado and what he did for the San Diego Padres this year uh, can't be understated. And for me, he's the reason he's here as my third baseman on team of the season. Let's move on to shortstop. At shortstop, Trey Turner. He does it all. Hits for average, can hit for power, steals a bunch of bases, 299 on the year. Now, all these stats are entering Sunday. So the season isn't over. Trey Turner is on the doorstep of 300. Can he get there? I believe he can. 191 hits this year, 100 runs scored, 97 RBIs. He's also the best slider in the game of baseball. And if you haven't been seeing the viral videos of him sliding into bases, then what are you doing? You got to get on Twitter because you can't miss it there. Trey Turner is the best shortstop this year for me, and he is on my team of the season. Let's move on to the outfield. Again, I will preface with this. Three outfielders, regardless of their position. So some of these guys will be out of their normal spot. I don't care. It's just three outfielders. Let's start with the first one, Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts has had a fantastic year. Um, 271, 35 home runs, 116 runs scored. Great defense. A big part of this for me. Mookie Betts predominantly plays in the outfield. but when you need him to, or if he's dealing with a little nagging injury, you can put him at second base and he plays an incredible second base. If he's dealing with a shoulder injury, put him at second base. If Chris Taylor's out or And Max Muncy, Gavin Lux, anybody is out. You can put him at second base. He plays a gold glove caliber outfield and a gold glove caliber infield. Mookie Betts is a star, and he is on my team of the season. Let's move on to the next outfielder on my team. The next outfielder, Aaron Judge. Look, you knew this one was coming. What a year. One of the best years of all time. 313, 61 home runs um, heading into Sunday, 130 RBIs, an OPS north of 1,100. It's hard to have a better year than this offensively, especially when you're looking at players and pitchers that are throwing 100 miles an hour with nasty sink and 93-mile-an-hour sliders. You're not supposed to be this good offensively. But Aaron Judge has had a special year, and, of course, He is on my team of the season. Let's move on to the last outfielder. My last outfield spot goes to Mike Trout. Now, Mike Trout missed a chunk of the season, I'm well aware. But when he is on the field, it's hard to be much better than him. 277 entering Sunday, now 39 home runs on the year, an OPS just under 1,000. Mike Trout continues to prove that when he is on the field, he's one of the greatest players of all time. He's the best player in baseball over the course of the last decade. Uh, Unfortunately, over the last couple of years, he's been dealing with some injuries. He dealt with one this year. He's come back, and he has put himself in a territory to reach the 40 home run mark when he missed a lot of the season. Are you kidding me? Mike Trout is one of the goats of the game of baseball, and despite missing a big chunk of the year, he has still put together a fantastic season and made it on my team of the season. Let's move on to the designated hitter. At DH, Jordan Alvarez. 303, 37 homers, 96 RBIs, and OPS over 1,000. Jordan really turned it on this year, and for a while there at the beginning of the year, He was offensively better than than Aaron Judge. Now he fell off a little bit and then dealt with the nagging hand injury that left him out for a little while. Came back, turned it on. Jordan is one of the best hitters in the game of baseball, and the year he has put together has been incredible. He's my DH on the Flippin' Bats team of the season. Let's move on to the mound. We got a starting pitcher and we got a closing pitcher. This one is special. The starting pitcher, the best pitcher in the game of baseball for me, Justin Verlander. What a year. What a season. After 2 years of not pitching. The first year back in almost 2 full seasons from Tommy John surgery at 39 years old, his last full season he won the Cy Young Award. This full season Well, I'm a superstitious guy, but I'm hopeful this is going to be his third Cy Young Award. Knock on wood. A 1.8 ERA, 175 strikeouts in 170 innings, 17-4 and on the year. What is there to say? This is, numbers-wise, the best year of my brother's career. He was an MVP in 2011. He's won two Cy Young Awards. He's won an MVP award. And this year, 2022, at 39 years old and coming off of Tommy John has been the best year of his career.
0: Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com.
1: Special. Very special. It's really special. It's been incredible to watch him. It's been a very special year for my family. And um, I am so proud of him and so proud of Justin. And hopefully there's a lot of awards coming in his future. But the most important of all for him will will be being on his brother's Flippin' Bats team of the season. No doubt about that. So Justin's my starting pitcher. Let's move on to closer. There's a couple of closers that have been lights out dynamite this year. But the one I went with is Edwin Diaz. There have been great closers this year, but the most dominant, Edwin Diaz. 31 saves, a 1.35 ERA, 116 strikeouts in 60 innings. Think about that. 60 innings pitched, 116 strikeouts. He's punching out just about two guys every inning. He's on pace to have the highest K per nine of all time. The season isn't quite over yet, but Edwin Diaz is my closer on the team of the season. The walkout song doesn't hurt him either. Having Timmy Trumpet and Narco coming out of the bullpen to that, it just added to the special season that he has had, and he rounds out my team, the Flippin' Bats team of the season. But I'm not done yet. In fact, we aren't done yet. Let's bring Alex out here for some big, big announcements here. We're both going to do our Flippin' Bats Player of the Year. Let's get a drum roll, please. We should do it together again because it's the same guy. Shohei Otani. Unbelievable. Um, Yeah, you know what? He wasn't on my team of the season as a starting pitcher or as a DH. Was he the best starter in the year? No. Was he the best designated hitter? No. But man, was he close on both of those. And when you have a guy that is so elite on both sides of the ball, how do you not say that he is the most valuable player? But you know what? To us, he is. Last year, he put together the greatest season of all time. This year, he went out and one-upped himself and put together the new greatest season of all time. The power numbers might not be there from last year, but everything else has been better. The pitching has been incredible. Here are the numbers when all said and done, just a few of them. You could pick a million numbers. Average 276, 34 home runs, a 2.35 ERA, 213 strikeouts, and his K per nine was the best in all of baseball amongst starters. I could go on for an hour, but he is my player of the year. And Alex, he is yours as well.
3: And you have gone on for an hour before about Shohei Otani. And you should talk about him more, you guys, because he is doing things we have never seen before in the history of the game. He is creating his own history. He is beating himself out for new records every time he's at the plate and on the mound. And I think that's the most important thing you have to think about when you talk about the most valuable player, valuable player to the game. Shohei Otani is changing the game of baseball. He's doing things we've never seen before, and he deserves every bit of attention, all the accolades he's getting, all the talk, all the hype. I don't think you can hype him up anymore. Not enough. You can't hype him up enough. That's what I'm going to say. You can't hype him up enough. So, yeah, this is an easy one. No-brainer. Player of the season, Shohei Otani, you guys.
1: Special year, special talent. Perhaps, um, for me, he is the most talented player to ever play the game of baseball. And I've mentioned this before. Is he the greatest player of all time? No, that takes longevity in what you do, years and years in doing it. But he is definitely the most talented player we have ever seen. And he is on his way. Who knows? If he does this for another decade, he could, when all is said and done, be considered the greatest player of all time. But um, Speaking
3: Alex? of one of the greatest players of all time and a future first ballot Hall of Famer, our extra innings today is Albert Pujols, who I've said numerous times is having the greatest farewell tour of all time in the history of sports. He joined the 700 home run club a week ago? Has it been a week? Yeah, Two weeks ago? Battery. Well, okay. He just played his final home game of the regular season. And what does he do? He hits home run 7 and gets to walk off with a standing ovation. It was, like I said, you could not write it any better for Albert Pujols and this farewell tour. At home, in front of the fans, where he began his career, where he became the machine and he gets to end it there.
1: This season is destiny almost. Yeah. A, a legend and I you know, we can often use that word lightly. Albert Pujols is a legend. He is an all-time great and for his career to come to an end like this, reaching 700, you mentioned it a home run in his last game at home as a Cardinal, his last at bat in Busch Stadium was a home run. His first ever at-bat in Bush Stadium in April of 2001 was a home run as well. Started with a home run, it's ending with a home run, and his career is ending with just the most poetic story of all time. So uh, his ending of his career is bringing an end to this episode of Flippin' Bats. What a blast. What a great episode. Team of the season, player of the season, the last Monday episode of the regular season. I can't believe it's coming to an end, but what a great episode. Thank you all for listening. Make sure you subscribe anywhere you're listening right now. Hit that subscribe button, Apple, Spotify, wherever. Also follow along on all social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and you can even watch every single episode on YouTube as well. Flippin' Bats Pod for all of them. Thank you all so much for listening. I hope you all enjoyed it, and we will see you tomorrow for another episode of Flippin' Bats, peace.